This is an RMK production. Welcome to One Queen, Two Kings. I am your co-host, Marjorie Phoenix, along with my other co-host, Ray Porch and Kevin McLemore. We wanna welcome you to episode two of our 100 Girls with Curls series. Throughout this series, we are highlighting phenomenal women and girls from all around the country that are making moves and impacting their community. Our guest today for this episode is Ms. Chabernet Patton. Chabernet is the CEO and founder of Anchored Inc., which is a coastal luxe home decor and accessory brand. Now, what makes this company so special is that it aids in the post-trauma care of victims of survivors and survivors of sexual assault and human trafficking around the country. As a sexual assault survivor and domestic assault survivor herself, she has turned her healing journey into one of freedom for those who need it most through design. She runs the company with her husband, Myron, who has taken on the operation side of the business full time in light of the recent successes with this up and coming designer being featured on multiple platforms, most notably Beyonce.com, uh, Lowe's Home Improvement Stores, uh, the NAACP and CBS amongst a few. Through her designs, Chabonet has set her eyes on building the first full service survivor housing educational community in the nation fully owned and operated by minorities and advocates and survivors. Welcome, Chabonet. Hello, hello, thank you for having me. It is our honor and our pleasure. Um, I've got to tell you, just reading, um, you know, about you from your website and other interviews that that you've done, and you, you talk about your your passion for tranquility and your home and beauty and your life and your love of all things water, right? And that's what brought about this de design for you, and how you use that to move past the traumatic past. Yes. It really made me think about my own experience with abuse and homelessness and a struggle uh, to rebuild my life back after a very traumatic divorce. Um, and I was called to the water yep. and the beach. That was a part of my healing and self-discovery process. I ended up actually living like two blocks from the ocean for about seven years during and after my divorce. And, um, and I always said that God brought me there. And there is something about being in an environment when you are healing um, and just trying to get through a very challenging time in your life. So I wanna hear a little bit more about that process from you, but if you could just maybe start by telling us your story, just what is Chabernet's story and your healing journey? Oh man, her story is long. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to try to make it short though. But um, so I've been in the advocacy work for um, human trafficking victims for a little over a decade now. Um, and I actually kind of came in contact with that um, through a church that I was going to in Texas. And we were just kind of advocating and showing awareness 
for them in this particular organization. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into actually talking about what's going on. Um, however, um, I do share um, a survivor story with those who have been abused and um, who have been exploited and abused and so on and so forth. Um, when I was younger, my mom's boyfriend raped me and molested me multiple times. Um, and so that had a very big impact on my life from 11 to 13. Um, and so moving to Texas um, from Georgia, <laughs> um, moving from Texas from Georgia, I, you know, I found my family and, you know, I never really had therapy. Um, so I was that, that kid who will probably get into this a little bit later in the conversation, but um, I was the kid that was struggling um, early on. And um, I just kind of really wanted a family and I really wanted somebody to love me and, you know, all of those insecurities pop up for you and all of those kind of things when stuff like that happens to you. And so it really affects how you think and how you operate and all of that stuff. And so um, I found myself people pleasing a lot um, and it caused a lot of trauma on myself. Um, but then also, as I got older, I noticed that it wasn't just affecting me, but it was also affecting, you know, the people around me um, in various different ways. Um, my ex-husband um, was one of those other types of situations. We had a domestic situation, and he also attempted to rape me. And so going from having it happen when you're younger to having it happen when you're older, um, it was one of those full circle moments for me. And it was a situation where like yourself, I said to myself, um, I have to get away. I have to, I, I, I was running <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Um, I was running from my life and from my situation. And, um, I've always loved the water, um, living in the South, we don't get to see that a lot. And so for me, I've always dreamed about getting to the coast. Um, even when I was in Georgia, we never went to the coast of Georgia or anything like that. We just, it was always inland. We were just always <laughs> stuck. And so I always dreamed about that. And after that situation happened with my ex-husband, um, that was my moment. It was like my break free moment. Um, and my, her, my husband now, um, he and I discussed at length and he was just like, you know what, this is all you, I'm going to support whatever it is that you do. So, um, you let me know what you want to do. And so we just kind of picked three options each and Boston was on the top three for both of us. And we were like, let's do it. Jump right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're here now. Um, and I literally, I go to the beach every weekend, just about, um, we, do product shots and all of that kind of stuff out there, but I spend a good hour just releasing out there. Um, so I totally kind of get where you're coming from, where you're saying like the water was calling me. It was calling me too. Um, I have my own personal theory behind why it's calling me. Um, and after doing the research behind anchors and doing the research behind um, just how that connects to um, faith and how it connects to hope 
and how it connects to just strengthening yourself and anchoring even just yourself, um, the water had a really, really big impact on me. And it still does. Um, so I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. Wow, that that's um, you know it's it's I I've known uh, Ms. Charbonnet for a little over two years um, professionally. She is a, a fantastic teacher and educator in Boston Public Schools, um, and a, a sister I, I consider one who loves children. Um, and so, I, what I what I would ask you is, how has this experience of becoming, you know, boss lady? you know, uh, queen with curls um, and, and, and synthesized into this wonderful commit that you've made in education. How have you brought those two worlds together along with, you know, heading, you know, you know, being the queen of your own household, raising a family, like it just seems like you're doing it all. And so, so tell us about how, how you bring all those pieces together with, with, the, with the wonderful, genuine authenticity um, and, and, and wonderful joy that you externalize uh, for, for folks like me and children and obviously with family and um, all these incredible people whose lives that you touch each day. How do you, how do you bring that all together? Well, um, it's a consistent balancing, a consistent balancing act, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I can't do it without the help of my husband. I can tell you that right now. Um, he is like my backbone. He is like, I got you. Um, so in those moments when things are kind of breaking down on maybe this side or that side, he's like, nope, I'm pulling up the weight over here or I'm pulling up the weight over there. So I do have that support in my husband. Um, but in terms of trying to connect it all, right? Like I said, I was that kid um, when I was younger teaching right now I teach sixth grade, right? Um, in sixth grade, I was being raped and molested, right? And so when I look at that, and I look at the population of students that I service, and then I couple that with the fact that I know the statistics behind sexual assault, right? And I couple that in, with the knowledge of how in our community, a lot of times family members um, are wanting to cover up the assault. They don't wanna address the assault, they wanna cover it up, right? And so for me, I thought to myself, you know, I can't be the only person going through this. I know that I'm not, I've seen the numbers, right? And so if I've seen those numbers and I'm a teacher, right? If I'm looking at my students, I don't just see them as my students now. I see the numbers behind the students who are sitting in front of me. I know personally last year, had a couple of talks with my students. One of my students was being abused last year, right? The fact that I know that and the fact that um, I'm on my healing journey, right? And I'm 36, right? And I'm still on that healing journey. I'm still trying to find complete freedom or complete healing, right? I just kind of felt like if I could jump in right in that moment when, when I needed someone. See, I didn't have that person, right? Um, it was my mom's boyfriend, she took his side, like it was a whole mess, right? So for me, I thought to myself, 
if I know that it's, it's happening, it is happening, how can I either stop it from happening or if I can't necessarily stop it from happening, how can I make it to where they're not 36 years old trying to find healing? How can I make sure that they're finding it along the way and that they're grounded and anchored in the moment so they're not drifting off, right? Um, and so for me, being able to teach my students and be authentic with them, let them see me, right? Um, and just let them understand, like, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand what you're going through. I see it. I feel it. I understand the pain. I understand the hurt. I understand all of those things. And nobody else might not say it to you, right? Nobody else may not see it. They might not see you in pain. They might see the little girl that's fast, right? They might see the little girl that has too much attitude, right? All of those things are a mechanism. They're a coping strategy because they're trying to protect themselves. The question is, who are they protecting themselves from and why, right? My survival techniques that I have accumulated over the years have come from survival. Not because I wanted to be that person necessarily, but it's what I had to do to survive. And for me, I'm a very um, don't challenge me <laughs> kind of person. Like, I'll show you. That's the kind of person that I am. And so for me, being able to jump in as a teacher and connect that to not only what I know about sexual assault and what I know about human trafficking um, through the advocacy work and the awareness campaigns and all of that. But then also just knowing like, when I look at you, I see me. Like, you're me, I understand it, I got you. And because they can't talk to the mom or because they can't necessarily talk to the principal or because they can't necessarily talk to whomever because it's gonna turn their lives upside down the way, as they know it, so to speak. Um, I think having that background knowledge gives me a certain impact with my students. And I think that authenticity that, you know, Ray sees and that hopefully everybody else in the world sees, hopefully that's shining through um, to my students, but then also so they know like, hey, I got your back, it's okay. That's powerful. Thank you so much for, 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 for responding and sharing that, um, Kevin. The, the, huh. I, I, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a 360 um, for me. Um, I mean, if anyone's ever seen the three of us together, I'm the, the very jocular one. But listening to your story and being of 62 years of age, I, I know that I've revealed a lot uh, about my life um, through the power of story, but I realized listening to you that I've also suppressed a part of my story, um, I, I'm going to share and then I'm going to ask you a question because I, I realized that through your story, um, I, I, I guess I'm peeling back a layer of my own story. Um, sixth grade uh, at a sleepover, I was attacked um, in the middle of the night by one of my best friend's brother. Um, and I just realized listening to you when you said you were angry. Uh, I've been fighting ever since, and I grew up very angry, and I always thought it was because of, uh, you know, abandonment and being divorced or whatever, although the act did not actually um, go all the way through. 
um, because at that time I was very physical aspect, but the fact that I was attacked and never told anyone, I've never shared the, this part of the story, is that um, young men, young women, when they are struggling to have a conversation, you seem like a safe place to go. What, um, God, this is hard for me. Oh, shoot, I wasn't ready for this. Um, what's the conversation you, you, you have? And I, and I, and I, and I guess, cause I, I, I grew up angry, not trusting people. And the two people that are on this panel, I trust with my life. And, uh, I honestly can't believe I'm doing this on, on this, but what's the conversation of, of people that both young and old that hear your story and all of a sudden today is the day that they, they peel back that one layer um other conversation that's never been had um well first um thank you for being honest about your story um that's an that's an important step i gotta be honest with you um <clears throat> in those moments in this moment i can just tell you right now <laughs> in this moment what i can tell you is that what you went through right because you're sitting here right now right? You're actually talking about it out of your mouth. That means you survived it, right? That's the first thing that I, I always, that's the first thing I always tell them. You first, you survived it, right? And because you've made it to however old you are, young man, <laughs> however you all day, okay? all day long. So because you've made it to that point, right? because you're talking to me right now, you're stronger than what you already think you are, right? Now, I'm strong. Yeah, you're already stronger than what you think in this moment, right? The fact that you, the words even came out of your mouth lets me know and it lets, it I hope that it lets you know that you're stronger than what actually took place, okay? Right. That's the first step of what I tell people. Because um, if you're talking to me, then you're a survivor like me. Right? right? And if you're a survivor from like me, then you're a fighter like me. That means you're not going down without a fight. That means we gonna put our foot in it until it gets done. <laughs> so um, take pride in that. That's what I will say first and foremost, take pride in that. But then also it did happen, right? I don't want you to dismiss it as right. it didn't happen because it did right? You were violated. Something was taken from you. And like I was explaining earlier, a lot of times us uh, little girls, so to speak, and I assume now men too, right? We grow up fighting to make sure no one takes something else from us, right? right. To a certain extent, it, it built a beast. <laughs> to a certain extent, it built a beast. But on the other side of that, on the other side of that, you have to acknowledge that it did happen. It did hurt. And whether it hurt physically, whether it hurt mentally, emotionally, whichever the hurt is, that's the hurt that you have to let go of. That's the part that you have to right. let go of, right? Now, the fight that came with it, keep all of that because you're going to use that again and you're going to need it again, right? right? Yep. But the hurt part, that's the part that I say let go. And as myself and Marjorie were just talking about just a second ago, my hurt, the ocean was calling me 
right? I was releasing my hurt into the ocean. The wave is so, the waves are so big. The ocean is so wide, right? It's so large for it to swallow up that little minute piece of pain, which seems huge to me. It seems huge, like it's overtaking me at times. Those moments when I go to the beach, it seems about that small. Yeah. So my it's, advice to you would be the same, not necessarily go find the water. My, my advice to you would be find your water. What's your water? Well, that's what I was going to ask you because I, um, I always tell people, I said, you know, my ultimate goal is to, to buy a house um, in the Adirondacks, you know, where I have a 180 degree view, but I had to have run, running water. And I basically said, I want to be able to have as much freedom to go out and sit and fish in my underwear. So I, I, I love the water. And, and so, um, you know, uh, I was going to ask you what your zodiac sign was, because I'm a Sagittarius. So Taurus. what are you? Taurus. Okay, you're a strong personality. Now, um, I'm going to say um, this, uh, something different. You, at the top of this hour, Marjorie had mentioned um, a lot of sponsors and i know for people of color coming into business we do not attract um resources at the same level and at the same pace as lighter and brighter uh, people doing the same business and i spent 15 years marketing product on uh, sourcing product to qvc and there is then a shortage of representation from vendors of, of color and even to this present day there's a shortage and it's very difficult to get in there now um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, you have a relationship with Wayfair also. How did these relationships come about? Because there's other people in your situation that have just become manufacturers, creators of, of products and vendors. How do you attract a conversation that says, yes, we got your back and we're going to put you out there? Good question. Um, so for um, Anchored Inc., I have spent a lot of time just kind of on the back end researching to see what does it take, right? And in my research, I couldn't find anything. It was like a secret. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a whole secret, right? Um, I can tell you I got my foot in the door. Um, entrepreneur.com, the magazine, entrepreneur.com. They have a show that they do. It's called the Entrepreneur Elevator Pitch, right? And it's similar to Shark Tank, but it's their version of it. And the, the producers, the people who work on set, all of those individuals, they are very open, young individuals who their, their thought process and their mindset is of being inclusive more so than it is being exclusive. Um, and so they put out this thing on entrepreneur.com because I follow all of these magazines, politico.com, entrepreneur.com, um, small business, like everything that has to do with funding, finance, capital, whatever it is, I'm on top of it. Like I'm looking at all of those things on a consistent basis. Um, because I, I, I said to myself, you know, like, I want to be in that space. I want to be in that space because the people that I need to get in contact with concerning human trafficking and sexual assault, they're in that space. I need to get in the space where they are, right? So 
going through that entrepreneur elevator pitch situation, I literally flew out to California. I did the whole process. Um, I figured out the formula while I was there. I was watching them all while I was there. Um, I was surrounded by people who were already multimillionaires coming onto this show to get more capital and get more funding, right? Um, prior to going into like my shot, my take, um, we had a situation where they, it was kind of like a think tank and they put us all like in different green rooms and all that kind of stuff. And you could switch into the different rooms and all of that and you can listen to people give their pitch. And after you listen to them give their pitch, they would ask you questions like, do you have any questions? Is there anything that I missed? And, you know, we were all just kind of given our information, right? And I did the same thing. I gave my pitch and every last one of the people in the room said, they're going to call you up on the elevator. And I was like, what? What's happening, right? Literally. All I did was be my authentic self, literally. That's it. I didn't sugarcoat it for them. I didn't walk in there as if I was another race. I didn't walk in there as if I had something that I didn't. <laughs> I went in there and I told them my passion and I connected my passion to my purpose and they saw it. That was it. And so as I kind of took that experience from that and all of this big explosion of diversity talk and this big explosion of um, assistance for black and brown businesses and this big explosion happened all at one time. And all of these grants started popping up out of nowhere and all of these companies started coming up out of nowhere like, oh, now I wanna support black owned businesses and I wanna do this and I wanna do that. Okay, let me tell you my passion and let me tell you my purpose. And if you see what I see, I'm gonna make you a lot of money and you're gonna make me a lot of money. I'm gonna accomplish my purpose. You're gonna make a lot of money in the process. And because you are living in a capitalistic society and because you are living in a situation where CEOs and major corporations, they have to keep their name out there and their name has to stay trending and their name has to stay good within the moment that it's happening. In this moment, it's about black owned businesses. And I figured that out. It's this moment, that's what it's about. So you tell them and you go for it and you shoot your shot. <laughs> That's an amazing, amazing story. And the three of us that are on this panel, I mean, thank God we have Raymond because Raymond is always reminding us he will not waver um, from his mission. He will not waver from his passion. We, part of our mission statement it is all about hope, helping other people every day. Our, our purpose is in, in order to uh, unite, create alliances, of people, businesses, um, in order to bring back to our community to educate through knowledge. And that's the reason why we have Ray the Cloud as part of the, the, the team. And also to have young people that look like us, that are smaller versions of us, to see that at the end of the day, they have the same opportunities they have right now because we are living examples of you know, the struggles that they've gone through, the pain that they are enduring at the moment and giving them the light 
and even our commitment is the same as yours, is that when we have relationships with business and partners, if they're not having actions behind their words, we do not care how much money you throw at us. It's what you can do. And if we need you, we need you to help us. So I, I, I am honored. And I know Ray and Marjorie both have other questions for you. And I won't uh, monopolize on this. And we have to talk more. And I'll pass it over to my, my uh, teammates. So I, 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 wanted, I wanted to, um, first of all, let me just say thank you. Um, you know, I, I, one of the big things about uh, this platform, um, and I see the synergy and the connection between you and Marjorie. Oh my goodness! I, I just, I can always, I can already see where this is going to go. Knowing uh, you, Charbonnet, and knowing Marjorie, man, this about fire is about to happen. It's about to happen. It's about to go down. I'm, I'm telling y'all, it's about to go down with y'all two right here. The Queens is about to go down. I'm telling you, I see the, I see the vision. I see it all up in here, all right? So let me just say that, right? You, 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 my sisters, y'all about to get, y'all about to go in with each other on some next level type stuff. I'm telling you, I can foresee this. So that all said, I, I, I want to thank you for, 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 for two things. One, um, being authentic and genuine and in and, and, and front of everybody honoring how important it is to stand, stay true to your passion and purpose. And I know you walk in faith and, and I appreciate and respect that. Um, and, I, and I want everybody, all of our viewers to understand the power in that. The, the other thing, and I'll make a connection here as I, as I pass it over to my sister, our queen, um, Marjorie, is that these spaces, um, this particular space, I was brought to it through story. And, and, and being able to be in this space and share my life story with others that were sharing their life story was life-changing for me on a whole bunch of levels. But the most important aspect of that experience with, with Marjorie was that there was a space for it that wasn't in front of Fox 25 News or um, you know uh, Channel 7 or 5 or some national media. And, and we often get consumed, and I know you know this from talking to you, with this particular platform or that particular platform is the only way. Um, and, and as one of our hundred women who are, who are a, a part of hundred girls with curls, um, you are living testimony um, that, that if, if you have passion and purpose as, as Ms. Patton puts it so eloquently, um, you can pursue all that is important and, and you know, valuable to you in life. And so um, we're so thrilled to have you on um, to share that with our audience um, because we hope to inspire that in another hundred girls with curls that they too can live through circumstances and pursue their passion and their purpose. That's a it's that's a term I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to share and and I'll and I'll make sure people know where I got it from when I share it. Um, I, I'll just say this, you know, as you move forward. What are some of the things, what, what's one big goal that you have as you think about where you are right now, CEO, boss lady, woman of color, doing the thing. What's, what's one big goal that you have in the short term and one big goal that you have in the long term? If you could share that with us. So in the short term, um, the goal is to just blitz the market right now. That's, that's the short term goal. 
Um, we have received good traction right now. And because I know wheels turn and I know the earth is gonna turn, um, I know that these opportunities that are being afforded to us as black people right now will not always be there. And so right now, the whole point is to go as hard as you possibly can. Everybody needs to see you. Every podcast, every interview, every conversation on the sidewalk, every conversation on the phone, every post, every live, everything, we need to be pushing the agenda here. And the agenda is to make sure that our girls and our young boys are safe, that they are free. That, that's the whole point, right? So right now, the whole short-term goal is to get in front of everybody. Um, and I know that sounds, that might sound kind of simple to some, but as confident as you guys hear me speaking right now, and as passionate as you hear me speaking right now in my authentic self, as I keep talking about, I've only had that authentic person for about four years. She's new to me. So the person that I am right now, I have to keep going hard. Just like I said earlier, like we grow up in survival mode basically, right? I'm still in survival mode right now because this is a new person that I've had to come into as I've grown and as I've healed on this journey, right? Because prior to this, I was trying to be everybody else and I was getting nowhere. I was getting nowhere. I was trying everything. I tried to, I tried to sell clothes. I tried to do hair. I tried to do all kind of stuff, like not to say that anything's wrong with any of those things because they're wonderful streams of income, they're wonderful careers, all of that, but that wasn't who I was, right? And so right now that I know who I am, <laughs> the point is to blitz the market and tell everybody else who I am, right? That way, when they see the long-term goal that I'm about to get into, they're gonna understand clearly, oh, that's her, that's who she is. We knew this was coming because this is who she really is, right? Um, so the short-term goal is blitzing the market altogether. The long-term goal is to make sure that we have at least one survivor community run and operated by minorities, survivors, and advocates in every single state in this country. Because every single state in this country experiences sexual assault and human trafficking, every last one of them. And therefore I need to be present. My company and my brand need to be present because we're gonna catch and anchor as many as we can. I might not be able to touch them all, but I promise you I'm gonna get as many of them as I can before I get up out of here. So that's the long-term goal <laughs> is to wow. have a survivor yeah. community. That's powerful. That is powerful, powerful, powerful. Wow. Yep, Mrs. Patton, I will tell you, and I can speak for um, my family, my brother, my sister, by choice, we are in full support. And whatever we can do to lend our support, be present with you, support you, promote you, we will do. I'm gonna extend an invitation to join me and my son on my podcast, talking with Kevin and son, my 24 year old son, but I'm also gonna invite your husband on. And the reason for, you know, the power behind 100 Girls with Curls is that like one king, one queen, two kings, you have a very powerful and confident man supporting you. 
running interference and protect protecting you Everything and also encouraging you and comforting you when the world is pressing on you and we would like to go ahead and extend our arms of our family and embrace you and invite you into the fold and we will knock down every wall and every barrier you will not be recognized as some of us want to say just as a black business or a person of color but as a professional businesswoman that is making a difference not only for um, our own race overcoming bias but making a whole difference for mankind thank you so much that is like wow that touches my heart like thank you i appreciate that and i thank you for inviting my husband many people don't um see him right they always see me every time we're talking about anchored ink they always see me um, and he likes it that way he, he's he's the one he, he doesn't like being <laughs> he doesn't like being out in the front but people need to understand that i'm only able to be this strong because the person that has my spine like he's stronger right so people need to understand that like <laughs> i don't think people get it like everybody's like oh she's so amazing and i, I am i appreciate you but the person who's standing behind me, right? Prior to my husband standing behind me, it was God standing behind me. And then God put that man right there to hold my backbone because he knew what I was about to do. He knew what I was about to run into, full head on with my horns all out, right? <laughs> he knew I was gonna do it. So he gave me a, a backbone. So I thank you so much for acknowledging him. And I'm gonna tell him like, yes, we're gonna go on and we're gonna talk. And you're gonna- Every, every queen needs a strong king with them. So yes, yeah, that's, I, I'm so happy that you have that. Um, you know, as you've been speaking, I, I was saying to myself, oh, I wish I could have her for one hour because Raymond is right, <laughs> which is, we would have such a conversation and be ready to make some moves. And, and, and you know, just like Kevin said, you're a part of the family now. We want to do anything that we can at RMK Productions to support you and the mission with Anchored Inc. Um, and, you know, I, I got together with these two guys because of a platform of bringing people together to share their stories, specifically around, um, you know, your experiences, right? How you've taken what's happened to you in your life and you've used it for good. And so, you know, for me, I ended up writing a book and starting a nonprofit and everything just spawned into all the work that I'm doing now, right? So it's like God had a plan with it all and 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 he uses you, you know, for, for a purpose. And so um, we, because of this, and you know, I, and I had a, a, another question for you, but I think what's most important is I want you to know that we have decided also that this month for our story time and wine and i'm not sure if you're familiar with that podcast that we have once a month we get together um and we talk about social issues over wine um and we've partnered with a social enterprise winery that um every bottle of wine has a built-in give back and so we choose a charity of choice for the month and we'd like to choose anchored inc to raise money this month. And so um, what we will do is once we have the fundraising links up, 
Raymond will share um, that link with you. Um, you can share it with your friends and family. Um, we will also um, be sharing that during um, our event on the 20th of May. You, are, you and your husband are very much welcome to come and be a part of the conversation. And then we'll have that link in the show notes um, for everyone that hears the recording. So um, that's just our first step on wanting to be able to support you and everything that we're doing. So thank you um, so much. Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you. Yes, that's that, that's our pleasure. Our pleasure. So, um, so as we're you know we're already forty minutes in, but listen, this has been such a powerful conversation. We thank you again for sharing space and sharing time with us. And um, you all will be hearing more from Charbonnet and her husband. Um, hopefully, at story time and wine, and then talking with Kevin and son. And this is Marjorie Phoenix. And for myself and co-host Ray Porch and Kevin McLemore, we will see you next time. Go out and change the world. Bye-bye.